over the last couple of weeks, we've laid a foundation by looking at the gift of the Holy Spirit and then the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we've looked at the interrelationship of the work of the Holy Spirit and all its functions. And today we're looking at healing. And perhaps it's best to start with a couple of questions. And so my first question to all of us is, how many people have you seen healed in the last week or month or perhaps even in a year? How many people have you and I prayed for in the last month or year? And perhaps the reason that we are uh, so dry in terms of the number of people we see healed, physically healed or healed in any kind of way, is because it's just low on our agenda. And I must say, I long to see, personally, I long to see many, many more people set free and healed of everything. Their addictions, their physical problems. I want to see more healing. And yet, there are so many times when I walk away from a situation or from an encounter with somebody and I think, oh no, I didn't pray for them. For their healing and it's fine to pray afterwards and all that sort of thing but we need to be more alert to the opportunities for prayer for healing in our everyday lives and so i go back to where i started two weeks ago with a quote from john wimber where he said simply read the book do the stuff we've done so much of the reading of the book so much of our teaching and preaching is around what uh, we need to be and how we need to look and what we need to do as, as Christians. But only a fraction of it gets put into practice. And so I'm encouraging us when it comes to healing to put it into practice. Now, Jesus was quite remarkable in this sense. Early on in his time with his disciples, so he calls the twelve and there's a band of people that have uh, uh, grown up around him. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, this is what it says. I'm in the wrong place here. Here we are. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Early on in the disciples' understanding of who Jesus is, one of the things that he equips them to do is to set people free from the oppression of evil spirits to drive those evil spirits out, and to heal every disease and sickness. Now, maybe you find it easier to pray for someone who has a common cold than it is to pray for someone who has pancreatic cancer. But Jesus makes no distinction when he equips the disciples. It says he gave them authority to do this. And what's fascinating is if you go back just a few verses into chapter 9 of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 35, it says that Jesus went into all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom. So he's teaching and preaching, fair enough, and healing every disease and sickness. Now, we're not splitting hairs about disease and sickness and what it is and what it isn't. The point is really this, that Jesus heals every disease and every sickness. 
There's nothing that's excluded. There's nothing that is going to be left on the table that is, is not possible for him to heal. The possibility is that everything can be healed. Everything can be made better. And early on in his disciples' training, in their apprenticeship, he gives them authority and says, you go and do this. Now the words are identical in Greek, uh, Matthew 9.35 and 10 verse 1. When it's, whether it's speaking about Jesus doing this, healing every disease and every sickness, or the disciples. And the point is that they both have authority to do this. Now, when we move on and uh, have a look at Luke chapter 4, when Jesus starts his ministry, he picks up the scroll in the synagogue and he reads that passage from Isaiah. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The anointing, the authority, the presence of God's Spirit in Jesus is for this, to preach the good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and release for the oppressed, to proclaim the, the year of the Lord's favor. That's a summary in a nutshell of all the things that Jesus says and does, his teaching and his preaching, all his miraculous acts, all his healings, all the deliverance that takes place, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing. And what he does with his disciples is he says, this stuff that I'm doing is not only just for me, this is for you. So early on he says, here, I give you the authority to go and do it. Now, whether it is physical healing, emotional healing, psychological healing, relationships being healed, we are called as the church, as individual Christians, as a community of those who follow Jesus, as the body of Christ, to bring health back into circulation in our society, in our communities. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Isn't that an exciting and, and healthy and, and, and vibrant and joyous thing to be able to do? We come with good news, and the good news is this. You can be set free of your addictions. You can be healed from every disease and sickness. And we looked uh, on Sunday this last week at how in um, Luke 7, when the disciples of John the Baptist, um, Jesus is healing and raising people from the dead, and John sends two of his disciples, John the Baptist sends two of his disciples to Jesus to go and say, are you the one that we've been waiting for or do we have to wait a little longer? And the wonderful thing, the exciting and interesting thing that Jesus does is he doesn't answer them. He carries on healing people and setting people free. And when they have seen all the stuff that's happened, he says, now go and tell John everything that you have seen and heard. Teaching and preaching and healing every kind of sickness and diseases and setting people free from evil spirits, from oppression, deliverance. That's what we are called to. We are called to be agents of healthy life and healthy lifestyle and healthy living bringing health back into circulation in our communities. But how do we do it? And I think the first thing to realize and to, to make clear right in the beginning is that there is authority that we have for this. 
In Matthew 10 verse 1, we've already stated clearly, Jesus gives the disciples the authority to go and do it. In Matthew 28, right at the end, as he's commissioning his disciples, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. There's not a scrap of authority that is not mine. I give it to you. I commission, I commission you to go and do, make disciples of all nations. And he's saying to them, you go and do to everyone that you meet what I've just done to you. And so he, he's, he, he reawakens them to this thing that at a point in their own lives, he said to them, now you go and do it. And so Jesus is saying to us today, you have the authority. I've already given it to you. You have the authority to do it. Go and do it. Now in Luke 11, that um, magnificent section on prayer in one, verse 1 to 13, the, the disciples come to Jesus and they say to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And he starts out, uh, this is how you ought to pray. And we noted that the verbs in the Lord's Prayer are all in the imperative. Hallowed be your name. Make holy God's name. It's an imperative. The whole thing of God's kingdom coming, that we pray for the coming of the kingdom. Come, let your kingdom come. It's an imperative. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us and lead us not into temptation. These are all imperatives. And, and it's interesting that we have the capacity to almost command these things, to be uh, strong in the way that we pray these prayers. As if to drive that home, he tells a parable. And then he says in verse uh, 9 and 10, Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. The Greek verbs there are in the present continuous imperative tense. It's now. It's ongoing. And it's imperative. Ask and keep on asking and keep on asking and keep on asking. Uh, seek and knock. And it's, it's a non-stop thing. So in the context of prayer and saying, this is how you ought to pray, he's saying, be strong, ask, knock, seek, don't be hesitant, don't be tentative, be confident that you have the authority, that it has been given to you to do this. So when we come to pray for people, when someone is standing in front of us, be confident that God has said, this is actually what I've equipped you and want you to do. Just do it. So that's the first thing. It's to understand and to grasp in a new and fresh way our identity in Christ, who we are and the authority that we have as his disciples to do his work. Secondly, let's just make a few practical observations. There is no formula. You can't tell people that if they do this, this and this, then, it'll, then people will get healed. It's just not like that at all. But there are some helpful pointers. And most of them are questions. And the first one is this. The most fundamental thing that you can do is ask somebody, can I pray for you right now? Those words are transformative. Can I pray for you right now? When you're confronted with someone who is unwell in any way whatsoever, can I pray for you right now? Yes, you are getting out the boat. Yes, you are risking. 
what's achieved if we don't stick our necks out of it? Can I pray for you right now? Don't put it off and say, I'll, I'll pray for you when I get home. I'll put you in my daily prayers. Those are all good things, and you can say that at the end. But the moment is then. The moment is in that moment where there is the possibility of seeing something remarkable take place. An encounter with the living God. Can I pray for you right now? That's the first practical thing. The second thing is to say, where does it hurt? When and how did it start? Just ask a few questions. But let me say this as a, as a very hasty add-on. You are not a doctor. You are not giving advice. And you are not trying to fix them. Even if you are a doctor. This is about prayer. About linking people and bringing them into the presence of God. But you want to pray intelligently. So ask a few cursory questions without being invasive. Where does it hurt? When did it start? Basic, basic stuff. And then, pray. It's simple. Can I pray for you right now? A couple of simple questions, and then pray. It doesn't have to be long-winded. It doesn't have to have every verse in the Bible quoted. It is your prayer, your coming before God with a sense of confidence and authority authority to bring that person and their sickness to God and to release them to health. And while you're praying, it doesn't matter if you stop and you say, how's it going? Is it still sore? Did you experience anything? Have you felt anything in your body? It's not some sort of mystical thing. You can be quite practical and quite open. Pray with your eyes open if you want to, but it's good to know what's happening. Ask. What is going on? Is there anything that's happening? And then conclude your prayer. And when you have finished praying, then you ask, so can I pray for you continually? Um, encourage them, care for them. Because this isn't only about healing. Yes, it is, of course, about people being set free from sickness and from disease and from oppression of any kind. But it's about the fact that they, in those moments, experience the love of God through you and directly an encounter with Him. And so whatever is appropriate, just indicate that you will continue to pray for them and, and express care and love. And when you do this, here's the important thing to remember. You do not heal anybody. If we look at our own lives and how broken and how we stumble through life, to be honest, we can't achieve much. We are broken vessels. We are clay. God is the one who heals. But he has given us the agency to be a conduit of his presence and his love and his power. And so he calls us to pray to make sure that people are connected to the living God. We don't heal anybody. God does. But we do express His love and compassion, and we pray for people. What He does is up to Him. We're not in control of that. That's His orbit. That's His problem. That's, his, that's who He is. 
And he has a bigger perspective on all the things than we ever will have. So firstly, we understand the kind of authority that we have to come to people and pray for their well-being. To see the, the, the wholeness and the healing of God flowing into our community, to bring health back onto the table. Secondly, there are just simple things that we can do, like asking questions about whether we can pray and then doing it. And finally, the third thing is this. It's not very complicated. It's just keep at it. Keep going. Practice. Make it something that is important on your agenda, that every week or every day, you start the day by saying, I'll try to remember that if I encounter anyone who is not well today, it doesn't matter whether they are Christian or not or don't believe, I'm going to ask whether I can pray for them right now. And then pray a simple prayer. Because God will meet us in those places. Sometimes, miraculously, there and then. Other times, who knows how it's going to happen. But that's not our problem. We'll deal perhaps later at a time where we look at what do we do with the whole thing of unanswered prayer. But let's first of all be praying for people. Let's first of all be, be, be practicing and, the, and, and getting out there and persevering with this. And seeing where it takes us. So I'm not going to bang this drum for too long because we've talked about perseverance in the past. Let me just finish by reading a verse from Habakkuk. Now you can go and read Habakkuk. It's only three chapters. It's an amazing uh, little um, book, a prophetic book of Habakkuk and the prayers that he prayed. This is Habakkuk chapter 3 and it's the beginning of the final prayer. And it says this, verse 2, Lord, I have heard of your fame. Read the book. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. And then he says, renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. In pain, remember healing, we might add. But our prayer this morning is, Lord, We've heard of your fame. We stand in awe of who you are, all that you have said and done through the ages. But our plea is, renew them in our day, in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.